Joy to the world, the Lord has come. This is Jerry G. Martin. We are celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, one of the most significant events in the history of the world. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but shall have everlasting life. He was born for our salvation. He was crucified for our salvation. He was raised up on the third day for our salvation. And now we are celebrating who he is and that he's not only come to the world, but he has come to our lives. Use the opportunity of this season to invite someone to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listen to these messages today as we continue to walk in the light of God's Word as we celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In a few days, the symbolic date for the birth of Christ will be celebrated. People all over the world will have special presentations and events during this season. When I was a child, just a few years ago, <laughs> we celebrated Christmas. Now we are restrained from celebrating Christmas. The schools used to have a Christmas break, now they have a winter break. In order not to offend anyone in our country, we have holiday cards, holiday trees, holiday parties, and of course, happy holidays. I was thinking about this, and if you follow the teachings of Jesus, he asked us to remember and commemorate his death his burial, and his resurrection, but he never asked us to remember his birth. And while we are in this season, however, it's a good time to recognize that he did come and to recognize the purpose for his coming. He came for a purpose. We have become so focused on the fact that he came that sometimes we don't emphasize the purpose for his coming. What does his coming mean to us and for us? Let's look at what we're told in the scriptures. In the book of Luke chapter 2 verse 11, we're told today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. He says, a Savior. And someone may think, why do I need a Savior? We'll find out. And he says, he's Christ the Lord. And then Matthew writes in chapter 1, verse 21, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This is his name, is Jesus. 
and he will save his people from their sin. His name is Jesus. And there's something about that name. The scriptures were particular. Now, I want you to know that his name is Jesus. What's his name? Jesus. You know, you can talk about God all you want to, and people don't seem to get that upset. But when you start talking about Jesus, uh, they start having a fit sometime. You, you talk about God in the school, but you talk about Jesus, they take it to another level. At the name of Jesus, the demons will tremble. The Bible tells us at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. That's the name of Jesus and he will save his people. He's going to save his people. But I want to take a closer look then, knowing that those are the reasons that he came. I want to take a, pa- take a look at a passage in Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 25. And it's going to tell us about a man and his uh, interaction with the coming of Christ. In Luke chapter 2, verse 25, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Uh, This man that we are introduced to, called Simeon, is not one of the popular characters of the Bible. If you're in a Bible trivia contest, they could have asked you, who was the man in Luke that was Um, righteous and devout. You probably would not have guessed it was Simeon. But we are told four things about him. He was righteous. Not in his own eyes, but in the eyes of the Lord. So I want you to understand that we can say that we are righteous, but it's the Lord who's going to make the judgment of whether we were righteous or not. Uh, we can say that we're saved. It's one thing to say that we're saved, and it's another thing for the Lord to say that we're saved. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Because the old saints used to say this, everybody talking about heaven ain't going. So you can say you're saved. I'm reminded when Uh, In the judgment, the man comes up and Jesus says to him, why are you calling me Lord, Lord, and you haven't done what I've asked you to do? And they said, we've cast out devils in your name. We've healed the sick in your name. We've done miracles in your name, Lord. And it's just like Jesus said, that's what you say. I'm not saying you did that. He said, get away from me. I don't even know you. But we're told about Simeon, he was righteous. And secondly, we're told he was devout. That word devout means he had a good grip on his relationship with the Lord. He had a good grip on his living. He had a good grip on his reverence 
for God, his fear of the Lord and his love of the Lord. He was devout. And then thirdly, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. In other words, he was waiting for the comfort, the encouragement that comes from the fulfillment of the prophecy that he was looking forward to. He was looking forward to the coming Messiah, and he was waiting for that actually waiting, although it had been hundreds of years. There he was in his lifetime. He was waiting and looking for the coming of the Lord. And then the fourth thing we're told is that the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord, but these are four things that if they're present in your life, you're going to find yourself walking closely to the Lord. If we are righteous, if we are devout in the sight of the Lord, and uh, how do we work in the consolation? If you are looking for the return of Jesus Christ, such that in your lifetime you are ordering your life, waiting and expecting the Lord to come at any minute. Oh, it got quiet on that one. Let me go over on this side. Forget about it. Uh, there was a time when the saints was looking for the Lord to come in their lifetime. There was a time. And that governed their behavior. My grandmother used to say, what if the Lord come back while you're doing that? You can't go to that place and you're sitting up in that dark cafe and that honky-tonk. What if Jesus come and you see, you see you sitting up in there? That governed their lives. They were, that was the consolation they were looking for. I'm waiting on the Lord to come. Come on, Lord, any day, any time. I'm ready to go. Are the saints saying that now? Not right now, Lord. Not right now. Give me some time. I got to get myself together. No, see, when, you, when the Lord comes, there's not going to be any time to get yourself together. The, Lord, the Bible says whatever you're doing when he comes, just keep on doing it. Because it's going to be stop motion. You ever seen any of these videos where they just stop the motion? Whatever you're doing. If you sharp lifting and you just grab something, just <laughs> keep, it in, keep it right, hold it right down. That's what you got. Whatever you're looking at on that video, if you're looking at pornography, just keep it on that channel. <laughs> Here was Simeon. He says, you know, although it's been a hundred years, I believe God. I believe what's in the Word of God. I believe that the Messiah is coming, and I'm in the temple, and I'm waiting, and I'm watching, and I'm wondering, and I'm expecting. When is the church going to start expecting the Lord to come back? Now, if you've been reading the Scriptures, you ought to know that the end times is upon us for what the prophecies have said that could occur in the end. The prophecy says in the end, you're going to have a crazy president. And the people are going to be living like they were in the days of Noah. Where they won't know God and there is no God. And they're going to be doing everything like they was in Sodom and Gomorrah. Are we getting close? And he said that in the last days, there are going to be things happening and everybody in the world is going to see it. 
And I said, how could that be? You're going to have iPads and Apple Watches that we're going to tap into and you're going to see it in the last days. Read in Revelation. Two witnesses get killed in Jerusalem and they're going to be raised up and the world will see them come to life. We have the technology for that. We didn't have that 50 years ago. He's coming before and he's coming. We had two people say he's coming again. That's the Christian belief. That's the core of our doctrinal belief as Christians. Jesus said, I am coming again, and I'm coming to take a church back with me. He says, I'm coming. Do you believe it or not? He says, I'm coming. We've got the word. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, yeah, right. Simeon says, he's coming. Somebody says, I've been waiting for a generation. It's been a thousand years. Yeah, but you might have been a thousand years, but, I'm, but he's coming. If we're waiting and if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we, we will find favor of the Lord. And he's going to work in our lives and he's going to work throughout our lives. Look at what it, the Scripture continues to tell us in Luke chapter 2, verse 26. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he will not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Nobody else has seen him yet. No, he hasn't come yet. It's been hundreds and maybe a thousand years before the prophecy, but you will not die before you see him. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. I've seen him. I'm ready to go. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. He says, I have seen the light. My eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared our salvation in the sight of all your people. A light for the revelation to the Gentiles. That means to all the people. And he recognized that the light has come to the world. Before you can experience the salvation of the Lord, your eyes and your heart must be open to the light of the Lord. Before you can be saved, your eyes have to be open. The reason many people have not come to the Lord is because they cannot see their way of getting to him. When you are unsaved, when you're living in sin, the Bible says we are walking in darkness. We are walking in darkness. And you can walk in darkness, and when you've always lived in darkness, you think you can see, you think you can make your way, you think because you've gotten so familiar in that environment that that's your environment, and you just live in the best you can in that environment, and you think you can see what you need to see to make it. When you're in darkness, you don't know when you're going to stumble in a hole. 
You can get used to that. Just like when you get up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom. You don't turn the lights on. You've been in that house so long and it's so dark, you just know how to get there. Until you hit your chin or your toe on the furniture. That'll happen every once in a while. But you remember when you, before you came to the Lord, how you thought whatever you were doing was right? Nobody can tell me how to run my life. This is my life. I'll live it like I want to. That's one of those signs that blink in the darkness. This is your life. Live it how you want to. Can't nobody tell you how to live your life. That's the little light that blinks in the darkness. I saw that. I saw that. This is my life. Can't nobody. You can't tell me how to live. You run your own life. Let me live my life. This is my life. I do what I want to. If I want to go to hell, I go to hell. That's how dark is it. That's how dark it is. If I want to go to hell, what's that got to do with you? See, people are talk bad till they till they till they get up to that door and feel all that heat. <laughs> they be talking bad. Huh? Hell can't be that bad. You be gonna, you hear them people hollering. What they hollering for? You see people running back the other way, trying to get away. Some grabbing them, bringing them back. You be like, hmm. The Bible says there is a way that seems right, but the end thereof is destruction. And the, the bad news is you can't see the destruction until you get to the end. Light is so crucial to life that the first thing God did, you open your Bible to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. And the first thing God said was, let there be light. See, before we do anything, we need to get rid of the darkness. We can't accomplish anything in the dark. There needs to be some light so we can function. The vegetation needs light. Light is a substance of life. We can't, God says, I am light. The Bible says God is light. So wherever he is, that's where light has to be. Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. The Old Testament opens with light, and so does the New Testament. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. When Jesus came, he brought light to a dark world. What does that mean for you and me? On that night he was born, hope was born, and hope came into the world. On that night that Jesus Christ was born, the abundant life came into the world. On that night that Jesus was born, light came into the world. So before I came to Christ, I asked for his forgiveness of my sin. I received his mercy and I received his grace. And I came out of darkness into the marvelous light. He brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. And you can't see how dark the darkness was until you get in the light. Man, I didn't know I was like that. 
Really? You ever noticed something? Uh, um, this is for those who have came out of darkness into the light. When I was in the darkness, I thought what I was doing, everybody in the world was doing it. Because that was my world. I mean, when I was, uh, I thought everybody went to parties and everybody drank 151 rum, <laughs> smoked weed, did cocaine, did all kind of crazy stuff. And then when I got saved, I said, where all them people went? I don't know, nobody do that. When I got saved. When I got saved and started hanging with the saints, I thought people stopped doing that. I don't know nobody that do that. I used to didn't know nobody who didn't do that. There's a dark world and there's a light world. And we're getting down to the basics. It was John that says you can't walk in darkness and light at the same time. You're either walking in the light or you're walking in darkness. There's no in-between. Because he says, but God, there is no darkness in him at all. That's what the scripture said. Don't mistake. God ain't got no darkness, ain't no shadow, ain't no corner where there's no light. So if you walk with God, you're walking in the light. If you're walking in darkness, you're not walking with God. So if we're getting ready for him to come again, we need to get straight with this light that he came into the world. Before I got saved, I could not see how to walk in righteousness. I knew what righteousness was, but I couldn't see how to walk in it. I thought I was going in a direction that was right for me. But when you're walking in darkness, you are blind. And Jesus came as the light with the light to give us freedom from darkness. He came to give us freedom from darkness. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but shall have everlasting life. God so loved us that he sent his only son into the world so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's eternal life, not perishing, not perishing. You don't have to perish. You don't have to perish. God says somebody's going to perish, but it don't have to be you. That was in John 3.16, but also just a couple of verses later, after John 3.16, Jesus is teaching. He says, this is the verdict. A verdict means the judge has ruled. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light. Why men love darkness instead of light? Because their deeds are evil. You remember when you wanted to turn the lights down low? Nobody wanted to turn the lights down low so they could read the Bible. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I certainly hope that you have enjoyed this message for the season. The Bible tells us that Jesus came to bring peace, to bring salvation, and bring his joy into our lives, into our heart. We sing joy to the world. This year has been a tumultuous year. Many of us do not have the joy of the Lord in us today. We may not have the peace of God in our hearts right now because of all the things that have been going on around us. But I want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ is still seeking 
could save those who are lost. He's still bringing his joy and he's still bringing his peace to every one of us who will turn our hearts toward him and invite him into our lives and allow him to be the Lord of our lives. He was born so that we can be born again and have a new life in Christ Jesus. I invite you to be our guest at the Light of the World. We are meeting in person on Sundays. We do have our medical protocols in place for screening. We have social distancing and we wear our mask. For more information or if you have a prayer request, call us at 281-964-1393. That's 281-964-1393. I also invite you to join us online each Sunday at 10 a.m. at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And then don't forget about the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus. Call us if you need church supplies, communion supplies, offering envelopes, Bibles or books, or study material. 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281 481-2885. Now for the light of the world, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.